Friday, October 22nd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 7 FanDuel podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, we'll start with quarterbacks as usual, but when we get to running back, I feel like that might be the highest salary we've ever seen on a player talking about a certain big dude that we all know who likes to wear a chain around his neck in workout videos. Yeah, I don't know if uh, McCaffrey was ever $1,100. Um, I'm sure someone has an answer, but um, cash game quarterback on FanDuel, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Always easier to pay up, up at quarterback on FanDuel. $8,800 for Mahomes, but he still comes in as our best dollars per point value at quarterback. The Chiefs have a 31-point implied total against Tennessee. The Titans are dead last in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. So you have fantasy's top quarterback against the the worst quarterback against the worst defense against fantasy quarterback. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play Mahomes and uh, feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. And the early setting sun here in the East is kind of turning my um, video here into making it look like I'm in a confessional or something. I'm not sure whether to do the blinds or just be spooky <laughs> with my selection. So I can't argue with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray are also up there. All three of those guys are in the 8400 to $8,800 range in FanDuel salary. And I feel better about paying up to that range in cash on FanDuel. Jalen Hurts is too close, I think, at 8,300 to be in the mix here because I don't think that he's as trustworthy, despite what the fantasy numbers say so far, as those other guys. Especially then with Matthew Stafford, a fairly safe option, 8,100. Tom Brady at 8K. Aaron Rodgers at 7,900. So, I mean, if you get into the lineup build and you really do just need those few hundred extra dollars in salary, there are tiny steps to get down here to what you need or feel like you need to fit in your lineup. I don't think that I'll need to go all the way down to Matt Ryan, who's only $600 cheaper than Aaron Rodgers on FanDuel. Yeah, that makes that makes sense on FanDuel. Again, I think the expensive quarterbacks are better values on FanDuel. Um, on the tournament side, I'm going to play Mahomes there as well. You know, the, the Chiefs D is just so bad that it, it you know, almost guarantees that Mahomes is going to have, have to keep throwing all game long. So that's always nice. Um, I like Matt Stafford on FanDuel here. I know he's projected for like 11% ownership, but he, he's priced closer to – you know, the, the top, top end here than he is on drafting. So I wonder if he'll be a bit lower owned here on FanDuel. Um, if you look at EPA, you know, ex- expected points added, the, the Rams-Lions game as far as passing offense versus passing defense goes is even a bigger mismatch than Chiefs-Titans. So it could definitely be a big Stafford game. And then I'm going to play the other side of that Chiefs game too with with uh, Ryan Tannehill and just, you know, hope he gets some of the touchdowns and Derrick Henry stops hogging them all. Yeah, all those guys in play. Aaron Rodgers, though, like I mentioned on the DraftKings side, I think the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams stack is definitely intriguing here. And he doesn't present the salary savings that he does versus the top quarterbacks on DK. But I think it's still going to be a a big difference in ownership when we get into these larger field tournaments. Aaron Rodgers is currently sitting at four and a half percent, despite playing one of the worst pass defenses in the league uh, and a defense that's been a pass funnel matchup so far so I think not only are Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams intriguing but you've got multiple runback options on the Washington side Terry McLaurin's there Ricky Seals Jones is there 
I'm less interested in the J.D. McKissick angle on FanDuel than I am on DraftKings, but I'm more interested in the possibility of throwing Antonio Gibson into one of these lineups. We've got the shin issue that makes him shaky in general, but if he stays in for the whole game, as we saw just a couple of weeks ago when they were playing the Saints, he doesn't even have to have a good game and can happen into two touchdowns yeah. if they're able to. The Packers are 30th in run defense DVOA. So if Antonio Gibson's feeling okay, it's the kind of matchup where he could uh, get a little production because of the defense being soft. He's sitting at 4% projected ownership. I doubt that that's going to climb a whole lot with the injury question. With him playing a season low snap share last week. And Antonio Gibson's a better TD bet than J.D. McKissick. So, I mean, that's what makes him interesting here. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a tournament play. I would obviously not play him in cash. I wouldn't even want to be playing him in season long this week. But in tournaments, that's a spot to use him. Uh, the Packers stuff is interesting. Like, I think in a lot of weeks, Green Bay at home for Washington, they'd all be super popular. But there's just so many offenses and great spots this week that it looks like green bay is going a bit overlooked so now we get to running back for real and for cash it's <laughs> derrick henry at eleven thousand dollars and you said that before but I don't, I don't think i remember christian mccaffrey getting past 10-5 yeah that's definitely possible um you can obviously make henry work um you got to sacrifice at like two two other spots you have to go like cheap to to get henry to work um i'm pro- i'm probably not going to play him in FanDuel cash. Um, and it's partly because of the price. It's also partly because I think there are at least three other really strong options at running back. Daryl Henderson for 8,000 bucks home for the lions, you know, 16 point favorite. The Rams are 33 point implied total. Every, everything you can want as far as a spot goes for a running back. The lions are dead last and adjusted points allowed to running backs. And Henderson has been getting excellent usage when he's been healthy this season, uh, 17 carries and 2.8 targets across his four healthy games. So like Daryl Henderson, I think Leonard Fournette is a nice value at, at 7,000 um, bucks. He's 12th among running backs and half PPR points. He's fifth in expected fantasy points on the season. He's just getting really nice usage on what's one of the best offenses in the NFL Fournette's Bucks are 13-point home favorites with a 30-point implied total, so it's a nice spot for him. And then the, the third running back I like is Daryl Williams. Um, he's 6700 bucks on FanDuel here. He got strong usage last week in the first game without Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 72% of the snaps for Williams, 21 of the 24 running back carries, four targets. Um, he finished sixth among running backs in FanDuel points last week, and he was fourth in expected fantasy points. So I actually think he's a value at 6700 bucks, I'm going to play those three running backs and um, you know hope Derrick Henry doesn't go for 30. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. You already took up all the running backs, but I, I agree with the notion that Derrick Henry is not an absolute must because of all those guys that you know are, are fairly safe plays. Nobody's truly safe, but fairly safe. I did try to close my old school blinds over here to get some of the sun out of my face, but this might just, it's not working. So this might just be the first ever podcast where you needed sunglasses uh, and where it looks like I'm walking through a horror film. I'm going to carry it over to the tourney side since you took all the cash running backs. And I'm going to say, obviously all those guys are in play regardless of their ownership level, but James Connor is kind of a lower owned play who could factor in here. 6,500 bucks for him. Chase Edmonds is healthier and I'll let you kind of touch on that because you did the shark bite on him just as we were starting this recording, but this game is going to be lopsided almost definitely in Arizona's favor. So even if Chase Edmonds is healthier, I'm going to guess that he's not all the way back to hundred percent. We saw last week where Arizona benched Chase Edmonds in the second half to rest that shoulder in a lopsided win over Cleveland. James Connor for the year has seen 57% 
of his rushes in the second halves of games. Houston has the 29th run defense in football outsiders DVOA. The Cardinals have the second highest implied total of the week. They're the heaviest favorite on the slate. So it just, it all lines up for plenty of running and James Conner should be heavily involved in that. We've already seen a couple of two touchdown games from him. So we know it's possible, you know, obviously not a safe bet, which is why tournament only, but I think there's some upside to James Conner. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So Edmonds was a full practice on Friday and it's not on the final injury report. He had been limited in practice and listed as questionable the past two weeks and was, you know, obviously limited in both of those games. So there's a chance he's back in the role he played in weeks one through three um, on Sunday. But even then I still like Connor as a tournament play for all the reasons you mentioned, there should be plenty of carry volume to go around in that game. Uh, the Cardinals have a 32.25 point implied total. We know Connor's the goal line back. So plenty of touchdown upside, even if Edmonds is back to his full workload. Like anybody else there? I'll just mention Aaron Jones again. I talked about him on the DraftKings podcast, but um, you know, ju- even though Washington's good against the run, that doesn't mean Jones can't have a big game here with the Packers at home as big favorites with a 27.75 point implied total, um, you know, th- there's still a chance that, you know, Jones happens to get two or three of the touchdowns instead of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, basically whenever Aaron Jones is headed for low ownership, he's a solid bet because even if he doesn't have a good rushing matchup, he's involved in the past game. We saw where he had multiple touchdown catches already once uh, in a game this season, wide receiver for cash. I mean, if you're, in a tournament lineup and you're playing James Conner, I think James Conner, Brandon Cooks are kind of a sneaky little stack because the same game flow that helps James Conner also helps Brandon Cooks, who yep. is 6500 bucks on FanDuel. He's tied for eighth in the league in targets, tied for fifth in catches, 12th in receiving yards. So obviously not as efficient as you'd like, but not terrible there either. 12th in receiving yards versus fifth in catches, not a huge mm-hmm. gap, 31% target share. So if Houston is pushed into exorbitant passing volume, that could mean exorbitant target total for Brandon Cooks. I start out with him at wide receiver because, you know, even if we're not talking a tournament lineup, even if there's no James Conner or any other Cardinals involved, I think Brandon Cooks at 6500 bucks just makes sense as a standalone guy, regardless of your format here. Yep, Cooks makes sense because the volume. Um, Chris Godwin, I think, is a almost must in cash now with Antonio Brown out. Chris Godwin's just 6700 bucks on FanDuel. Devontae Adams still pops as the top dollars per point value, even at $9,000. So you know, I, I'd rather spend the 9000 on Devontae Adams than the 1100 the $11,000 on um, Derrick Henry this week. We need, to, we need a cheap guy or two. I like Allen Robinson, $5,800 on FanDuel. I mean, I know he's been super disappointing this year. There's, you know, there's... PFF grades and tape that is kind of showing he, he I don't know he's either not in it or he's lost a step he hasn't played that well so far this season but he's still seeing a big share of Bears targets 25% of Bears targets in Justin Fields starts um, that's just, that's only equated to like five targets per game because Fields hasn't been throwing it you know more than 20 times in these games I think he's going to throw it you know 35 40 times in this game that should mean like eight to ten targets for Allen Robinson so you know, I think. Um, and that volume alone at 5,800 bucks for cash makes, makes him a, a value. Man, that's a lot of Allen Robinson talk for you on the show today. I don't, I can't say it, it doesn't leave me feeling comfortable, especially projecting uh, 35 to 40 Justin Fields pass attempts this week. I mean, do you think he's not getting there? Like, they're not going to be able to run on tamp. They're going to be down by 20 at yeah. halftime. I don't know. I mean, I, we'll see. This is the matchup we've talked about before where teams are just starting out throwing on Tampa because they know they're not going to be able to run the ball. This is also mm-hmm. Chicago that ever since, you know, the summer they've been making decisions where we're like, what are these guys doing exactly? So 
I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if, if they're just not going to have the ball at all because they won't be able to move it against Tampa or, if, you know, maybe we do get 35, 40 pass attempts. And I don't even know what a 35 to 40 attempt <laughs> looks like yeah. in Justin Fields. So honestly, I hope it goes the way that you're saying it does. But, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. We can say that <laughs> on the tourney side. I'm curious to see whether Mike Evans ownership projection really comes in at a third or less of what Chris Godwin's is by Sunday morning. Cause that's where it sits right now. And if it does, I mean, Mike Evans is going to be a, a must play in tournament lineups because their target outlooks should be similar. And Mike Evans as the further downfield guy, as the attractive end zone target is the more efficient scorer, you know, in terms of building up the, the yardage and the touchdowns, if they're both getting similar targets, I can't imagine not using Mike Evans as he, if he comes in at single digits. Yeah, and he's always, you know, he's the guy kind of designed for Fanduel where we care more about the touchdowns versus DraftKings where we like the 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 catches for Chris Godwin. But um, yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown missed that week three game against the Rams. Ten targets for Mike Evans in that game, seven for Chris Godwin. It could it could easily be flipped um, on Sunday. But I mean, Evans benefits just as much from Brown being out as Godwin does. Who else do you like on the turning side? Uh, we talked about Calvin Ridley. We talked about him a lot on the DraftKings podcast, but I like him here as well. Seventy three hundred bucks. Um, he was fifth among all wide receivers and targets through through four weeks you know, before he missed week five. Then Atlanta went on by. He was seventh among wide receivers and air yards over the first four weeks. So he's been getting elite usage. I think the fantasy points are going to start to come, especially in this matchup against Miami. Um, then A.J. Brown is the guy I want to be playing, you know, with Tannehill or on the opposite side of my Mahomes stacks. Um, you know, it looks like Julio Jones is going to play, I guess, but I don't trust him to be a full go or make it through the game healthy. I think, you know, A.J. Brown should be the best target bet in Tennessee. Yeah, I, I like running Darnell Mooney back at 5900 bucks on the other side of Mike Evans uh, in, in this side. I don't feel good about either Bears receiver in a cash lineup. Um, I do like the idea of stacking Packers and Washington players, as I already mentioned. Falcons and Dolphins, I think, also look like a sneakier stack here as well as on DK. And, you know, we're talking about pass catchers, especially on both sides. Chiefs, Titans, uh, it seems like it's going to be the more obvious stack that, that has lots mm-hmm. of players being used in these tournament lineups. Nicole Hardman, though, I think, stands out as a potential standalone player at 5,400 bucks for some salary savings and some upside. Tyreek Hill is questionable again with his quad issue. I think, you know, we expect him to play after he played last week and got in some practice this week, but Tyreek Hill did play less than usual last week. And any time that he's off the field can only add upside to Hardman. Yep. I like the Hardman call. What do you like for cash at tight end? So Kyle Pitts comes in as the top dollars per point value. He's 6,100 bucks here on FanDuel. Um, but man, Dar- Darren Waller sticks out to me. You're only $700 more than Kyle Pitts. Uh, and Waller has been mostly disappointing, like relatively disappointing since his huge week one. He still has seven plus targets in four of his last five games. He has four plus catches in all five of those games. Um, I, I just think he, you know, he's going to have another massive game soon, even if he doesn't. You know, again, he's not killing you with any of these performances and 6,800 bucks feels like a, a good price for Waller. Yeah, I agree. I have him down as well. I've been kind of surprised to see some talk of him being by low option this week or, or, you know, whatever side of that you're on. Yeah. Every time I've seen it mentioned though, it's people saying don't be the one who sells Darren Waller right now because it's a buy low opportunity. So I don't know how many people are actually worried about Darren Waller and looking yeah. to sell him off right now. So EFS purposes, the price is down from where it would be if he were hitting his ceiling more often. And he really hasn't done that 
since week one, but it's yep. quite possible any of these weeks, he just needs to get the targets and that could certainly come at any point. I do think Ricky Seals Jones a little bit less in focus here than he is on DraftKings, but at 5,400, he's still cheaper than, you know, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard guys up in that range. So he could certainly be a guy that fits in the lineups. Turney side, what are you favoring? Yeah, I like Dallas Goddard for tournaments, 5,900 bucks here. He's actually our second uh, best dollars per point value at tight end. And his ownership's coming in at 11% right now, which you know, isn't low, but it's not not high enough to scare me away in tournaments. You know, I just think we're, we're going to get, we're finally going to get full-time Goddard. I shouldn't say finally, because we saw it last year. You know, Zach Ertz missed four games last year that Goddard played in. He averaged 5.8 targets, 4.3 catches, 50 yards, and half a touchdown per game in those four games. Um, I just think he's you know, he's going to be a full-time player now, finally. Still believe in the talent. Hopefully uh, Jalen Hurts can get him the football. I like that Dallas Goddard's going to take some ownership away from Tyler Higby, though, at a little bit cheaper, $400 cheaper in salary. Uh, separation not only from Dallas Goddard, but also from the 6K guys, Kyle Pitts, Mike Gusecki, TJ Hawkins. And I think all of those guys are certainly in the mix. I'm not saying fade any of them, but Tyler Higby could be the sneakier one and offer a little bit of salary flexibility versus the versus those other players. And, you know, we talked about him not being the best target bet in the world, but that matters less over here where we're getting half point per reception. He's certainly at least as good a touchdown bet as any of those other tight ends. Yep. And football outsiders has the lions dead last in tight end coverage. So it's a good individual matchup for Higby. Yeah, that's what we like to see. Defense, who are you favoring? Uh, the Bucks stand out to me here on FanDuel, forty-four hundred bucks. Um, and they—they—they're not a great real life defense, but fantasy-wise, they're tied for third among main slate defenses in FanDuel points per game. Um, you know, they're big home favorites against Justin Fields and the Bears. Um, yeah, I've talked up a lot of these Bears wide receivers, but I mean, you know, Fields has struggled versus the blitz this season, and the Bucks are the blitz heaviest defense in the NFL. So there should be a lot of sacks and some mm-hmm. uh, takeover some uh turnover potential take take away potential for the bucks d here yeah justin fields is sitting at like 15.4 percent sack rate right now he's about six points ahead of number two zach wilson in that category if you go down by the same amount from zach wilson you get to the two quarterbacks that are tied for 27th in the league so (laughs) he is the highest quarterback by a wide margin in sack rate granted a lot of that came from the cleveland game but you can get to him a lot. The only reason he hasn't been sacked more overall is because they're throwing 20 passes a game. So the Bucks are definitely a good play at 4,400 here. I think if you need savings, the Giants at 3,600 have some upside against Sam Darnold this week. And then the Patriots going in the other direction, 4,800. We'll see what the ownership projections look like come Sunday morning. But 4,800 against the Jets, as long as it doesn't strap you salary-wise, um, they stand out fourth in our fan duel dollars per point projections, despite being on the higher end of defense salary. Yeah. I do think this is a week to try to try to pay up a defense, especially in tournaments. Cause you have you know, the Bucks are in a great spot. The Pats are in a great spot. Arizona is in a great spot at home for Houston. The Rams are in a great spot at home for Detroit. I think green Bay is a decent play home for Washington. So I would, I would try to get up to, you know, one of those six defenses in, in tournaments. Yeah, and a lot of the cheap defenses have fairly low ceiling matchups and really low floor as well. Yep. That's going to do it for this Week 7 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks there as well. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. And then you can play with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord 
Find the link to do that in the description for this podcast, wherever you are consuming it. For Jared Smold and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for some of us.